Dr. Balaga here. This podcast is on brain metastasis and increased intracranial pressure. It's derived from an outstanding chapter titled Emergencies in Hematology and Oncology from Balaga's textbook of internal medicine available at www.mastermedfacts.com authored by Dr. Eric Engelman, MD, consultant hematologist oncologist and Dr. Thor Haftenerson, MD, Professor of Oncology at Mayo Clinic, Rochester, Minnesota. Brain metastasis and increased intracranial pressure. Brain metastasis can lead to cerebral edema and increased intracranial pressure, causing neurologic dysfunction and morbidity. Pathophysiology. Brain metastases occur from hematogenous dissemination of tumor. The distribution tends to follow the blood flow volume of the brain with the majority occurring in the cerebrum. Brain metastases typically occur in the watershed areas of gray matter, white matter junction. Brain metastases can cause obstructive hydrocephalus and brain herniation. Principal causes, the most common cancers metastasizing to the brain are lung, breast and renal cell carcinoma and melanoma. Keys to history. The presentation is variable with headache being the most common symptom, often accompanied with nausea and vomiting. The presenting symptoms are often dependent upon the location in the brain and include speech difficulties, imbalance and cognitive dysfunction. Seizures are more common if multiple lesions are present. Hemorrhage into a tumor may cause a patient to present abruptly. Most patients presenting with brain metastasis typically have a prior cancer diagnosis. However, some patients present with brain metastases. Physical exam. Patients with brain metastasis may have focal neurologic weakness, sensory deficit, papilledema, and mental status changes. Helpful diagnostic tests including risk stratification or staging. Contrast enhanced MRI is the diagnostic method of choice and superior to a contrast enhanced CT. If an MRI is contraindicated, a contrast enhanced CT can be used. A CT is less sensitive, particularly for metastasis in the posterior fossa. A non-contrast CT is preferred if an intracranial hemorrhage is suspected. Differential diagnosis and screening. Patients with tumors have a high predilection for brain metastasis, should be screened with a physical examination for focal neurologic deficits as well as papilledema. Complications of brain metastasis include intratumoral hemorrhage, seizures, and herniation from cerebral edema. Natural history and prognosis, untreated, the median survival of a patient with brain metastasis is about four weeks. Treatment, the patient's performance status guides selected therapy. Patients with a very poor performance status are often best served with supportive care alone. Glucocorticoids are indicated in symptomatic patients with cerebral edema. Dexamethasone is preferred because of long half-life and minimal mineral corticoid effects.
10 to 16 milligram IV initial dose followed by 4 milligrams every 6 hours is often used. In minimally symptomatic patients with impending herniation, 1 to 2 milligrams 4 times daily may be effective. Oral dexamethasone has excellent bioavailability, allowing it to be given orally. As patients become less symptomatic, the dose can be gradually tapered. Asymptomatic patients may not need corticosteroid therapy. Manitol should be reserved for patients who are critically ill from cerebral edema. Intubation and hyperventilation may lead to a rapid decrease in cerebral edema, but their effects are transient and are rarely needed. In patients with good performance status, resection, radiation therapy or both are commonly offered. Surgical debulking can rapidly decrease intracranial pressure and provide tissue in patients who do not have a prior histologic diagnosis. Stereotactic brain radius surgery may be considered. Whole brain radiation therapy is commonly utilized in patients with multiple lesions or tumors. They are too large for either surgery or stereotactic radio surgery. Seizures are the presenting symptoms in 10 to 20% of patients and should be treated aggressively. Prophylactic anticonvulsant therapy is not recommended. The management of refractory seizures or status epilepticus is same as in patients without brain metastasis. When to refer? A referral to radiation oncology and neurosurgery is recommended for most patients. Multiple choice question. A 42-year-old female was struck from behind during a motor vehicle accident and presents to the ER for evaluation. Routine CT of the brain shows no evidence of an intracranial hemorrhage but, is, but does note the presence of a 3cm left parietal mass without surrounding edema. She describes a history of diffuse large B-cell lymphoma treated with 6 cycles of chemotherapy 3 years prior with a complete remission successfully obtained. She otherwise has no complaints at this time and denies the presence of any peripheral lymphadenopathy. Which of the following would be the next appropriate management option? A. Administration of dexamethasone 10 mg IV in the ER. B. Radiation oncology consultation for stereotactic radiation therapy. C. Administration of Levetiracetam or Keppra 500 mg daily twice a day. D. Medical oncology consultation for administration of chemotherapy for relapsed lymphoma. E. Neurosurgical consultation for biopsy. The answer is E. Neurosurgical consultation for biopsy. Brain metastasis can present in different ways dependent upon the location and presence of surrounding edema. Malignancies that have the highest predilection to metastasize to the brain include lung, breast and renal cell carcinoma as well as melanoma. However, some lymphomas can also present or recur in the brain. Glucocorticoids are indicated in symptomatic patients with cerebral edema from brain metastasis. 
Asymptomatic patients without surrounding edema derive little benefit from glucocorticoids and such therapy can obscure the diagnosis in a patient suspected of having lymphoma given the lymphocytotoxic effects of glucocorticoids. Patients who have not had seizures also do not benefit from prophylactic anti-epileptic medications. In the absence of a diagnostic biopsy, radiation therapy and administration of chemotherapy would not be warranted at this time. This podcast is derived from an outstanding chapter titled Emergencies in Hematology and Oncology, derived from Baliga's textbook of internal medicine, available at www.mastermedfacts.com. The chapter is authored by Dr. Eric Engelman, consultant hematologist oncologist at Dubuque, Iowa, and Professor Dr. Thor Huftenerson, MD, who is Professor of Oncology at Mayo Clinic, Rochester, Minnesota.